Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Nice Talks podcast. I'm Matthew Brown, a member of the media relations team at Nice, and I'll be your host. In this episode, we're going to be bringing you highlights of our recent virtual event, which looked at how Nice is working to reduce health inequalities. Dr. Sam Roberts, Nice's chief executive, spoke first to the audience. She gave an overview of NICE's role in reducing health inequalities. Health inequalities is one of those things that's been kind of central to the considerations of NICE since we were formed about 22 years ago. So in terms of NICE's overall role, it's to get the best care to patients fast that's good value for our taxes. And we do this through independent, transparent, rigorous assessments of new technologies or pathways through things like clinical guidelines or appraisal of medicines. And for many, many years, we've considered the impact on health inequalities as really central to those assessments. All of our assessments, with all of our guidelines, we're always thinking about what's the impact on health inequalities? Does this widen them? Does this address certain health inequalities? And that's a key part of all of our committee's considerations. Dr. Roberts then explained how NICE is adapting to include tackling health inequalities in all the guidance the organisation produces. It means that we're both going to keep that kind of foundational consideration of health inequalities in absolutely everything we do, but we need to build and amplify what we're doing. So every time in in all areas of our work that we ask our stakeholders, what do you want us to do differently at NICE? We always hear the same three things. We want you to focus on what matters most, give us useful and useful advice, and be part of a system that constantly learns. So how that relates to health inequalities in terms of focusing on what matters most. But we're also trialing new tools to try to understand the impact of different inequalities and their extent. Useful and useful advice. We really thought long and hard about this with health inequalities because it's something that kind of cuts across everything we do. And sometimes it can be quite hard to extract from the nice advice. And in order to answer that question, we created Health Inequalities webpage where we've gone through all of our guidelines. We've really picked out the top hits on, you know, if I was an ICS, where would I really get started on health inequalities? So we're trying to provide more useful and useful advice on this really crucial issue. And then the last is being part of a system that constantly learns where we completely know we don't have all the answers on this issue, but we're up for learning about it. Next to speak was Dr. Bola Olawolbi. Director of Healthcare Inequalities at NHS England. She outlined the priorities and ambitions of the health and care system. The vision that we are gathered around is exceptional quality healthcare for all. And that we achieve that by being mindful of providing equitable access, that people have an excellent experience and that by doing all that, we can deliver optimal outcomes for everyone, regardless of where they happen to live, regardless of whether they have a learning disability or they don't, whether they have a severe mental illness or they don't, regardless of race, color or creed, regardless of their bank balance, that all of those things don't matter, that we do deliver that equitable access that excellent experience, that optimal outcomes for all. That is the vision. But the other thing that I'm very mindful of is that in order for a vision to become reality, we do need three things. We need our heads, we need our hearts, and we need our hands. 
And when we started with our hearts, we were able to see possibilities. We were able to see opportunities. We saw beyond the barriers. And then our heads got involved. We started talking about what are the practical things that we can now do together. And when the heads finished their work, look what the hands have delivered this amazing portal and all the brilliant tools that colleagues are going to be sharing. Dr. Leslie Owen, a technical advisor at NICE, has been leading on the methods and processes work on how NICE can strengthen its considerations of health inequalities in guideline development. She explained how implementing NICE guidance can generate bang for buck in health inequalities. From my involvement in the development of guidelines, in the involvement of economic analyses, I would suggest that implementing any of NICE's guidelines and products represents bangs per buck for the system. Because when we're looking at evidence, we're looking at evidence of effectiveness and we're looking at evidence of cost effectiveness. So a committee wouldn't be recommending something unless it was considered to be good value for money for the system. And so I would argue that actually implementation of any of NICE guidelines represents good value for money and it's a good bang for the buck. Dr Owen then outlined how people with lived experience can get involved in the development of NICE's guidelines. We have a team at NICE and that's their primary responsibility to get input from patient groups, from the public, from the charitable sector, from the voluntary sector. They have lots of approaches that they can adopt to secure this engagement, which can include having targeted focus groups with key population groups that might be impacted by a guideline, which is what happened with the guideline that was being developed for people experiencing homelessness. The way that this happens to ensure that we have adequate representation throughout the process, the team work with different sectors and we will have at least two lay members on a committee who have equal standing to other committee members. So they are able to make decisions based on the evidence that they've seen. Team work very closely with national charities and voluntary organisations. They can identify and nominate experts. They can provide written submissions and they can comment on the draft recommendations too. They also work with patient experts, individual patients or carers, and they can participate in committee meetings. They might give expert testimony, they can provide written submissions, and similarly, they can comment on the draft recommendations. And the public now are able to observe some committee meetings. And if they have representation on relevant groups, they can also comment on the draft recommendations. So there are lots of ways in which we can ensure that we have input from relevant stakeholders in the development of the guideline. Dr. Olfie Malloy, a senior clinical advisor at the National Inequalities Improvement Programme at NHS England, was next to join the event. She said everyone in health and social care had a role to play in reducing health inequalities. I think it's very important for people to understand their role that they have in addressing health care inequalities, but also to understand that we're not asking the world of people because we know that the healthcare system and everybody who's working really hard in it, we know they're already overwhelmed and under huge pressure. So we don't want health inequalities to feel like this 
unreachable extra demand. We want it to be almost a change in thinking. So we want people to maybe signpost somebody in a holistic way or use a sort of make every contact count approach where if they're checking the blood pressure, they might say, have you thought about giving up smoking? I think a huge part of it is integrated working. It's not the front door clinicians, let's say, who are going to be able to address all of healthcare inequalities. They may merely be able to identify people at risk of health inequalities or experiencing health inequalities, and then perhaps signpost them on or link them up or make sure that there's a holistic approach. I don't think any clinician or manager can do this on their own, and I don't think the NHS can do it all on its own. Dr Malloy then outlined plans to offer training to people in the health and care system on health inequalities. Do you have some training material already available and more in the pipeline? I'd like to draw your attention to the ORCGP modules. They're free to access for anybody. You don't have to be a member of the Royal College of General Practitioners. Um, you just have to make an account online with your email address. And then the e-learning for health modules are also open and free for all to access. We are doing the e-learning for health modules in a gradual way. So we've actually focused on sickle cell because we know that is a really national priority, mainly because of the huge inequalities experienced by people with sickle cell disease. And there are modules in development on each of our five key clinical areas. We are working with the Academy of Medical Royal Colleges and Health Education England. And what we're trying to do is develop a training program that's not exclusive for doctors or dentists or physiotherapists or, or even patients or lay people. We're, we're trying to build a sort of a core shared content, you know, how we skill people up in using the resources like that rather than a finite curriculum. Thank you for listening to this special edition of NICE Talks. If you'd like to learn more about NICE's role in tackling health inequalities and to access our online portal, go to the link in the show notes. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to learn more about NICE's work, hit subscribe to get our latest episode when it's released. Follow us on social media too. Search for NICECOMS on Twitter and Instagram. We're also on LinkedIn and Facebook. Thank you for listening. Until next time.